0: Broadcasting
1: from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer
2: Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present a special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live for December 29th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, ASU freshman forward, Josh Doan. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask hockey shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine-in, take-out, or catering your next event, we're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Now at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always-available breakfast burrito Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein.
3: That, my friends, is the goal horn. The end, the signaling of the end uh, of the World Junior Tournament 2022. Scott Strandy with you tonight on a special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live. Joining you from beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado. One more night here, Paul, then I'm moving back down to Denver. And uh, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, I told you this was going to be crazy. I just never anticipated this. You?
2: Uh, no, well, who, well, if we had anticipated it, um,
3: (laughs) I I mean, I mean, the craziness part of it, I knew it was going to get weird. I just didn't think it was going to get canceled.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody thought that was what was going to happen. Um, uh, there were apparently a total of four or five cases According to one of the writers in the athletic. And, uh, and, and and that's when the decision was made to cancel and I say cancel with a question mark next to it uh, because there are already whispers of them rescheduling this in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Well let me okay, read and, that's, you- and, and 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 I will say to you that that's fine. I I don't know how you'd build. I mean, you'd have time to build a roster, I guess. And I don't know what kind of parameters you'd use. But, and I'm all for it, but you better include those other tournaments as well. And I think part of that is what boxed them in on this.
3: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, Let me read you just one paragraph from the official statement that was put out by the IIHF. It says, in addition to ensuring the health and safety of the participants, the council has determined that with another forfeiture, the uh, third forfeited game in two days, the sportive integrity of the event has been compromised and the event must be canceled. Um, I I think that's 100%. I was just thinking about that last night after we got off the show. Uh, I was thinking – Okay, let's say that U.S. misses another game, and they come back, and they do end up playing two games, and they get six points. Is that really fair um, to to make them the the bottom seed? Maybe, or maybe maybe they miss it uh, the the medal round because of that. Um, I just don't think it was fair. If you got to cancel them, uh, you got to cancel them, and then just cancel them all and and restart. So, uh, personally, I'm glad they did what they did. Um, like you said, they were probably boxed in, and that's uh, probably a very legitimate um, line to use. So, um, anyway, that that's what's well, going on with the uh, <laughs> the IIH. Because,
2: like I said, I'm just I'm just you know going by what I read because obviously I'm not there, and I don't want to make it sound like I have this great insight because I don't. All right, but as I called him the other night the International Men's Ice Hockey Federation dug their heels in over canceling all the other tournaments this January. And I don't know. I mean, my trust in international athletic bodies is very, very limited at best. And I understand sports as a business. Don't get me wrong.
3: But but there's there's but, a, a lot of you know, questions. There's, a lot of, question marks. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks.
2: And now, like I said, if you're going to take everybody and go and play all these tournaments at once, or however you're going to do it, and you're going to play, you're going you're gonna to take, let's just say the, the the top two men's events and the top two women's events and play them, I will talk. Well, you know, whatever level or whatever the the case might be. If you're going to do it all, then we can talk. Otherwise, you're just hoping that that by pushing everything back, that the that the, the heat will blow over.
3: Yeah, it's uh, and, a, and a, wrong, a, the heat's the not going to blow over. They're wrong. A, Yeah, that's not going to blow over. And B, um, this virus is almost two years old now. It's taken different shapes, forms. People that are vaccinated have gotten it, myself included. Um, And and you go down the list and you go, um, what's next? What's the next variant going to be? If this one is escaping everybody, uh, I'll I'll give you a little insight. I told you I was set for a monoclonal uh, antibody treatment. We got a call today from the doctor. Uh, Well, from the doctor's nurse. And they said, you know, um, the reason you haven't uh, had that is uh, we don't think it would have been beneficial for you at this point because of the way the virus is changing. So uh, January 3rd, they're coming out with a new form of monoclonal antibody treatment. Listen, so here's
2: here's, uh, this isn't over, Paul. This is not over. let's, Let's let's you know, I have said it a billion times. I don't want to talk politics on this. But the problem is this has been political from the beginning. And, you know, the medical issues are not supposed to be political.
3: No, absolutely and been, not. And it's been but, very but,
2: political from day one.
3: Well, I'm not arguing that point. And, and, what well, I'm but telling you... What I'm telling you is, this is going to continue because of those decisions by, by people uh, not who choose not to be vaccinated or whatever. Um, this is what you're going to get with it. And
2: well, listen, once and again, but- I jumped
3: up, and as soon as I was eligible to be vaccinated, got vaccinated because I thought that was the right thing to do, not only for myself and my family, but for the people around me. And uh, I chose to do that. But what I'm saying yeah. is, this is a different type of variant uh there will be another variant i am almost certain it, it could happen in the summer it could happen next fall N- nobody knows so we're all here just guessing so it, when you you say i'm going to schedule something out down the road for july i don't mean it's going to happen it's, you're just hoping it's going to happen It's just like i'm hoping that this weekend paul that i'm going to be able to get into magnus arena and and watch a hockey game between uh Alaska Fairbanks and Denver, because I don't know. I could get there at, at six o'clock on Friday night and they could tell me go home. It's been canceled. Um, and, and not just the, the, the variant, but, um, as I told you today, when I was visiting with folks from, from Alaska, uh, Eric large the head coach is stuck in, in Seattle, uh, with eight players because they can't keep flights out because they're either canceled because of staffing issues or they're canceled because of weather, but it makes no difference. He can't get here, and he can't leave until all of his players have made it here first. And if you're unfamiliar with the roster of the Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks, there are a, a host, I'm going to say about 80% uh, foreign players on that roster. So it's, it's a very difficult thing uh, to do all of this. And uh, until we get this all under control, and I don't know if we ever will. I really don't. Uh, I I just don't know what to say. I mean, I'm just – I'm saddened for the coaches and the players and everybody that put in the effort uh, to go there and thinking they were going to get a chance to play. I'm saddened for them. I'm saddened for the guys that didn't get to go. Uh, that maybe missed it for one reason or another. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Sean Barons who uh, uh, was in protocol and didn't even get a chance to get the opportunity to compete to go. Um, and I'm sure there were hundreds of other kids that, that had that opportunity. So uh, this isn't over yet. And uh, anybody that thinks it is, is not thinking clearly.
2: Well, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, um... Unless something changes, I I don't see where we don't basically have a choice but just to accept it, be as careful as we can, and keep things as normal as possible.
3: And and that's what we will do, and that's what most people will do. I'm sure most teams will do that. But like I said, it changes so quickly. I mean, you wake up in the morning, and, and there's a whole new group of people that are out. Yeah. Uh, well, and and you can't compete fairly. I mean, just look at the NHL. Uh, you yeah, it, injuries happen. Yep, you get it. If there's an injury in hockey, well, you look at just, it and you go, "It happened." Yeah. But this but is, you miss it because of COVID, and well, you're going like, hey, you know, is it fair to put a team out there? Six seven guys short?
2: Well it it's it is basically been decided that yeah it's just the way it is.
3: Until there's a certain point. And that certain point hit the world juniors and it yeah, canceled but. the whole thing. And the and uh, if you just look at the Colorado Avalanche for one team, they've missed seven consecutive games now. Yeah. They they gotta well, make up seven consecutive games. Yeah, and, and I know and if you're you try gonna, to play three games a week. That's going to take you nearly three weeks if nothing else happens from this point forward.
2: It, it, it is what it is. They know they have three weeks where they weren't going to play,
3: but they it's going to turn into yeah, four I understand and five. And well, and six. maybe it is.
2: Maybe it is, but they're they're not they're not shutting things down. And I could be completely dead wrong. They're just not.
3: It, it all depends. It all depends how bad it gets um people said that the first time too they said uh they're not going to shut things down they shut things down no it's it's not it is no it's not no it's It's not this is a a different okay you're right it's It's different it's a different variant
2: it's going to take a lot more
3: a lot more what deaths
2: we've already had those
3: a lot more deaths is that what you're saying we're going to need to have to to make people come to their senses on this Because We've had a ton of deaths and we're having more. We can go on and on forever. The bottom line of this is the World Juniors were canceled. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to bring on a special guest, the the freshman forward from uh, Arizona State who uh, was at the camp early this year and has a ton of friends that were playing not only on the U.S. team but other teams as well. We'll talk to uh, Josh Doan in about two minutes.
1: We know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates or extra rolls of tape for your stick, At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Kyle Chalky Southwest Live.
3: All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to another special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live. Our special World Juniors um, four four episode series concludes tonight. Unfortunately, the World Juniors concluded before us, uh, which is not the way we had it planned. But Scott Strandy with you in Blackhawk, Colorado tonight. My co-host as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. And Paul, it is our pleasure to welcome in the freshman forward from uh, scottsdale arizona josh noan josh you got scott and paul with you tonight first of all how are you
0: i'm doing good how are you guys doing uh, we're, uh, we're doing, doing pretty good here that's you know yeah we're, we're, like we're doing much better than a lot of your friends i think josh <laughs> <laughs> no kidding no kidding uh
3: yeah. you and i sat down a couple of weeks ago i just put the feature up this week uh are from the goal out player profile and when you and i had a chance to visit and uh you know, I asked you, I said, were you disappointed that you didn't get the opportunity to to make this roster really by, by getting the final invite? And uh, you just looked me right in the eye and you said, you know what? They picked their team and uh, I'm happy for everybody that's on it. I put that in the back of my head and I said, if there's any way possible, I want to have you on and, and get a thought from a player's perspective because you were actually at the summer camp this year. You know a lot of these guys, if not all of them. And um, there's also another connection because – your Chicago Steel team that won the Clark Cup had a load of players from different countries on that on that uh, World Junior team, didn't
0: they? Yeah, yeah, they did. We had a we had a good showing at the tournament. Unfortunately, today it got canceled, but it was exciting to watch all of them and, and watch them all have success in the early stage of the tournament.
2: Did it feel weird to watch uh, the, that game against uh, the the? That first U.S. game where, like I said, you you played with the the goalie they were playing against, and and you saw him having a great game, even though the, they didn't win the game, uh, and and just kind of weird rooting against one of your friends.
0: Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely weird. It was something I've never really been into, where I, where I'm cheering for for one team to win and another guy to be successful. But uh, I think Simon played an unbelievable game. I and mean, He's an unbelievable goalie, so that's kind of what I was expecting of him heading into the tournament. And then just to, to kind of watch Mackie Samoskevich kind of blow on by him, and then he got his redemption by stopping Mackie on a breakaway, and Coronado got an assist, but then he got stopped on a breakaway by Simon. It was, it was really kind of funny to see it all pan out. and uh, Fortunately, they, they all had good games, so it was, it was easy for me to cheer them on.
3: Josh, uh, I know Matthew Nice is one of your closest friends, and uh, when I saw him on the ice, I said, "Oh my goodness, uh, Matthew is—he's uh, a bull, isn't he? I mean, he just can oh. run through anybody if he wants."
0: Oh yeah, I think that's that's something that being a local kid playing with them, you would know from his U fifteen <laughs> days that that he's not someone you really want to mess with when when he's got the puck. Because even when he has the puck, it's, it's still a freight train coming at you and you got to look out for him.
3: So so who else on that roster uh, did you look at and go like, this guy's set up for a big tournament had this thing been able to continue?
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys that, that I look at that roster and kind of see. I think you look at, at Coronado and Sam Muskevich, my my buddies, that you look at them and, and they're going to have big tournaments and kind of expect it of them. I think Matthew was a guy that was – that was really going to light it up and and shine a light on him that a lot of people kind of haven't seen, where we've all known it's there and it's just kind of been hidden under the radar for years and the Maple Leafs have, have a great player in Matthew coming their way, so they should be excited, their fans there, but I, I think there's a lot of guys that the U.S. program does such a good job of, of giving everyone a chance to be successful, so you kind of, you could pick out of a hat and be like, this guy could be successful, this guy could be successful, and and it wouldn't really surprise me that much. I think playing against Logan Cooley last year, I, I got to see how good of a player he really was, and and how good he is at, at many different things. So I, w- I was excited to watch him play. And from the plan line with with Nyes and Mazer was was huge for him in the first game, and kind of let his confidence come out, and he played a good game. Josh,
2: when when you you've obviously played in in a bunch of of these tournaments or, or situations where teams have to come together quickly, um, we know that the coaches can only do so much. What gets talked about in the locker room or uh, or away from the rink to to get you guys to to get everybody on the same page and 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 know how to deal with each other quickly?
0: Yeah, I think I think once you get to to higher level, it's guys are so competitive that. They're kind of willing to do anything to kind of grow together and, and become a team. I think one of the main things that, that gets brought up is it's such a small world, the hockey world. Everybody knows someone. So you're always connecting stories with, with friends of friends and stuff like that. So you grow pretty close pretty quickly. And, and the pro, the US guys, they all know each other. So they're, they kind of take a, a lead role in that and in, in making sure everyone's comfortable because they're, they're more comfortable uh the chicago guys there's a good group of them so they're comfortable with each other and you kind of find guys that are all comfortable and then slowly you come as as a group together because because when you're in a group of people you're more comfortable than just being being solo there and then at the summer showcase you you get to meet a lot of the guys and and become close with them there so the the whole process is more of a six month thing than a two-week tournament so you get to know the guys the guys uh, quite a bit beforehand and I think it makes a huge difference for the the U.S.'s success as of late because guys are more connected and and know each other more before the tournament.
3: Josh, if you can take us back to the summer when you were at that showcase, and uh, and just talk a little bit about the talent that was there because you got a chance to witness it firsthand. Um, what was it like?
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I, there wasn't you go on the ice and and every guy you're on the ice with there was was a NHL draft pick or soon to be draft picks. So they all have the, the talent and the skill. But once you get to a camp like that, the work ethics there now all of those guys, cause you're not gonna make it without that. So it's just a it's a fast paced, highly skilled games and, and everyone's just everyone's just happy to be there and it's it's a really fun experience. But to to kind of see the, the skill that they put on deck is like Sweden and Finland brought over one team and, and the US played with two teams and and competed in every game and, and won some and lost some, but they were like, every game was a good game and, and we split up into two different teams. So that kind of speaks volume of, of how deep the, the U S program is.
3: Can I follow that up with asking you uh, when you're there for the showcase and uh, you know, certainly uh, when guys are there with the, uh, the team development program, whether they're there for a full year or two years or whatever, um, what's it like off the ice?
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. I think, it's, it's weird the first couple of days you, you get put into a, a hotel room with another guy that you don't know on purpose that you kind of grow together with a guy that you wouldn't really have known before. So the first couple days they're a little awkward away from the rink because you don't know everyone yet. But I'd say by day two even that you're pretty comfortable and, and it's an absolute riot. You, you get to know guys you've been battling against your whole life, which is awesome because – you might hate them on the ice and then you love them in person. And it's it's just one of those things that, that I kind of laughed at because there were guys that me, me and a couple guys would go after each other during the year and take runs at each other. And then you'd have no idea that, that we went after each other on the ice if you were talking or looking around and seeing us in person. So I think that's one of the cooler things about hockey is when a group of guys gets to come together like that.
2: Uh, was there one or two guys when – when you when you started this whole process um, as as things went on uh, that you were like uh, where did this guy come from or or this guy was so much better than anybody even said to me
0: yeah I think there's there's a couple guys that that I knew were good and and then when I kind of watched them in in person and got to play with them I was like wow that like this kids he's an elite player I think one of them was, was Bordalo. I always knew how good he was. He's a, he's a top-high-end second-round pick and should have been on the team this year had he not got COVID again for two straight years. But when when I got to watch him in person, some of the things he does is, is just ridiculous. Like his control with the puck is, is off the charts. And then I'd even go back again to, to Logan Cooley as an 0-4, some of the stuff he did at the Summer Showcase. I think he had like three or four goals in the summer showcase. So, he was a guy that I was kind of like, like playing against him. You, you can see it, but when you get to play with a guy for three, four games, you get to see the same thing that is impressive over and over again. You kind of understand that, wow, like he's he's an elite and intelligent player out on the ice. So, those are the two guys I'd go with.
3: I know you have a little uh, Canadian blood in you as well. <laughs> so, so I want to ask you this: Have you ever seen anybody at 16 years old with the skills? And I'm sure you've seen him already with Connor Bedard. Um, man, oh man, that kid is way beyond his age, isn't he?
0: Oh, he's he's actually an exceptional player, and I think what he did last night was. There was a group of us watching, just so entertained by by what he did. And I got a lot of friends that play in the WHL and. And a lot of my family's out in Alberta and British Columbia. So they, they've seen and heard. And, and I, the hype is real behind that kid. He just, he gets <laughs> it. Like he he gets the game. He understands he, there's no real flaws to his game. And at the age of 16, when you have no flaws to your game, that's, I, I think that's something that, that everyone's trying to chase after. But uh, I'm excited to see where he goes with his hockey career because he's an unbelievable player.
3: Any chance he could be an Arizona Coyote with you one day?
0: I hope so. That well, that's would be a couple of years away. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Josh, Josh, let me tell you this. I went down and watched the uh, U18s in Frisco this year, and uh, I saw him do something that I, I thought a lot of 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds, maybe even 50-year-old guys like myself don't do. Um, he had a chance on a breakaway, and he missed it. And instead of going and sulking, he went to the bench, and I looked over to see what kind of reaction he was going to have, and there was none except he was staring at a stick and uh, about two minutes later he came back out and got the puck and he was uh, top of the circles with a blast that didn't miss. And I said right then and there I said I think I told Paul I said um, this this kid is special because you just don't see that do you?
0: Oh no I think it's a common habit for guys and they miss is it's upsetting you get a great a scoring chance but I mean that's what sets him apart is he gets a great a scoring chance and he knows that's not the last scoring chance he's going to get, right? He's going to go <laughs> yeah. get five more. Like, we Please. we watched last night. He had two periods into the game, heading to the third period, 10 minutes played, 10 shots on goal. Like, <laughs> who does that in the World Juniors? <laughs> it's like, like That's just unbelievable. And then for him to go out, like, last shift of the game, and a D-man slides at him, and he toe-drags him, and then slides a backdoor pass out of nowhere, kind of just – a broken down play and he pulls that out of his hat. Like it's special what he can do, man.
2: When, when you watch games, whether it's these or any, do you watch games as, as, as a fan now, or, do you, or are you looking to break down a game almost like a coach or a scout?
0: Yeah, I like breaking down hockey. That's one of the things I've, I've loved to do since a kid. I'll always watch the game as a fan still as the same time as I'm watching as, I'll break down games and clip videos and stuff like that on my computer. But when I'm watching a game, I'll try and focus on a couple guys when they're out there just to see what they can do. But the game's so fun to watch now that it's you got to kind of enjoy it at, at times and just relax and sit back and, and let those players play and, and just kind of focus in on, on some of their habits and, and what makes them great players is, is how I kind of look at it.
3: Josh, uh, for the guys now that are coming home and didn't get to compete uh, fully in this tournament, uh, any idea what's going through their heads, how they're handling all this? I know Coach Lehman and Coach Mayotte and uh, Miller and all of those guys do a fantastic job. I saw the picture they took today, and the guys look like they just won the gold. Um, (laughs) How how do you put that back together? Any idea how you would do that?
0: Yeah, it's so hard. I, I talked on the phone yesterday before the tournament got canceled. To, to Matthew Nyes and, and Matt Coronado just to kind of see what was going on. Uh, I was texting with Dylan Gunther last night, but it's, it's something that like obviously Dylan had a different mindset. They were, they just won a game and had no COVID on their team. So the tournament was in their eyes kind of abnormal as, as it usually is. And then seeing it from Matthew and, and Matt's side was, was certainly disappointing. that. Uh, two of my friends that are, are playing in their lifelong dreams, they can kind of see where it's almost going at that point where you're one test away from getting sent home necessarily. Like it's, it's just something that it kind of breaks, breaks my heart for those guys. Cause I know how hard Matt and Matthew worked their entire lives to, to get in a position like this and for kind of just get taken away in, in an instant. And and those are two guys that don't have a chance to go back next year. It's, they were definitely disappointed and, and I feel bad for them, but I think now you got to go back to your, your college team and, and try and win games this weekend. That's all you can really do at this point. Hopefully they get back in time to play and, and have a continuous success that they've had this year.
2: I know this is going to sound like a weird question, and I understand it's a completely different level. But does it help in a strange way that everything got shut down two years ago and you guys couldn't finish out the season? Does that help you accept it a little bit
0: yeah I think if at that the, the standpoint of of the guys especially that I played with in Chicago like Mackey Coronado like those two guys they, it's like me Samo and nada went went through the we we were in line to, to set an all-time record for usHL everything as a team and most likely we're on our way to we think and and we kinda of joke around about it about winning winning a Clark Cup together and out of nowhere on a random Monday our, our whole season was over. So I think as much as you experience it, it you kinda of, kinda of understand like that uh, everything you can't take anything for granted now. But at the same time it it, it really just kinda of takes your breath away and, and hits you hard where when it's something you've worked so hard for it gets taken away out of nowhere and there's nothing you can do about it.
2: Um how much did that motivate you guys last year uh, when you guys got to play the full season in Chicago and, and, and uh, at at some point I assume once the playoffs hit, you guys were like, Hey, we got this taken away from us last year. We're not making, we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again this year on the ice.
0: Yeah. I think right from, right from the get go, our, our mentality in the summertime is it's our year this year. Like, we owe it to the guys that we played with last year they deserve to win now let's go win for them and then obviously we got the by the grace of God I mean it was unfortunate for for the Ivy League to be cancelled but we got Sean Farrell gifted back to us and and when that happened we were kind of like okay nobody can touch us at this point (laughs) Exactly. we just got a 100 point score out of nowhere so it kind of it gives and it takes right we're Right. It took away our season. Then it gave us back Sean, who was a huge piece to our, our team last year. And uh, I, I think, yeah, having that taken away from us definitely fueled the fire a bit. And heading into playoffs, it was just like a, we've been given an opportunity to, to go win again. So we can't let this one down. And I think it motivated us to, to kind of push through and, and finally get it done.
2: Um, me- and, and Go ahead, Paul. And I'm just saying, just because you, you had a chance to talk to, to Josh, Scott, and we really didn't uh have a chance to talk about. yeah i stuff. kept
3: them all to myself yeah i know <laughs> um,
2: when you guys got to those finals last year um you guys got that first game basically you know we talk about how in hockey a goalie can steal a, a playoff game in a playoff series from for a team uh, in that first game of the finals last year i thought that happened to you guys and and then in the case came out in that second game, and just said, this is not going to happen and made sure that in those next two games, it wasn't even close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the first game was actually the first time any of us on a Chicago still roster had been shut out in Chicago in two years, was, yeah, I mean, it, wow, which was actually <laughs> you crazy. You got to think about that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd only had one goal scored in a game. I think once and zero times we were shut out in over 150 or not 100, 120 games or something like that. And that kind of put it into perspective, like, wow, it, like like give the kid credit. And then game two, was a, it was a battle. Fortunately, Adam Fantilli walked in and lasered one past him early on in the game and kind of brought him back down to earth, which I think that's another kid that in the next coming years you guys will get to know because he, he could put – and I know it's crazy to say after what Bedard did the last couple of nights, but he's the <laughs> guy that, that can compete with him. And and I, as honest as I can put it, I, I think he's, he's going to be a guy that they're going to go toe-to-toe for the rest of their careers and they're going to be from the same country, which isn't fair. But they're, <laughs> they're two guys that are, are unbelievable. When Adam walked into our room the first time, I was like, there's no way you are a 2004 birth year. And a December one because you're 6'3, 205 pounds, and have a beard right now. And you're 16 (laughs) years old. And then he got on the ice, and he was also the fastest player on the ice. I'm like, okay. That just
2: doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah. I'm like, this isn't fair at all. But yeah, I, I think, yeah fortunately, we had Adam that game because he kind of helped <laughs> us win and, and break the goalie down.
3: <laughs> Let me ask you this, Josh. When you're playing for the Steel and you have to go up against the, uh, the U18 and national team frequently because they play within the USHL, um, what's it like? Are they just another team to you guys? Or do you look at them and go like, jeez, this is an all-star team?
0: Yeah, I think that's – we kind of joke that that's become our rival at this point is <laughs> – is Nobody wants to be rivals with USA Hockey, but, but we we compete, and, and that's what it's kind of come down to is if we want to be the best, we're going to have to beat the best, and, and they have the best of that birth year in the country on their team. So I think Adam Fantilli has taken it more personal than anyone because he's Canadian. <laughs> so he really gets into it when we play those guys, and being on his line for them was really fun because kind of brings you into it too. But they're, they're the best kids in the country, and, and you want to beat them. You kind of want to prove that, that you can compete with them, and I think it, it makes it fun to play against those guys. I think no matter who you are, you head into that game with a kind of different mentality of you have to bring your A game or they're going to embarrass you. And if, like, it's either like a lot of teams will kind of early on, they, they'll be like, all right, we're, we've lost already, which is not what you want facing them. I think if you do that, they'll put up 10 goals on you. But they're a team that you can beat. Like, they're in our league for a reason. They're not that far ahead of everyone. There's 20-year-olds that can compete against them. So it's it's definitely fun having them in the league, though.
3: Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's, let's talk a little Sun Devil hockey now because you and I talked, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. But um, you're now, what, 10-10-0. Uh, you're, you know, midway through just about the uh, the season – um and and you've got a lot of way to go but tell us what it's been like uh being a sun devil you told me but but tell everybody again out there uh what it's like to be a sun devil and is it everything that you thought it would be Josh
0: yeah it's awesome I there's not enough words that I could say to kind of to show how excited I am to, to be a sun devil and to kind of watch this this whole organization grow from from what it was to what it is now and and to be a part of it is is something that I'm I'm really excited by. I, I think hockey hockey should thrive in the desert, and and they're kind of showing that. And I think this year we've we've been off and on at nights, but when we're on, we're we're a team that that can compete with anybody. So that's what we're we're kind of excited for the second half is just bring our A game and and we can and make a kind of push for a, a tournament spot. And then just the opportunity I've been given here, i I'm, I'm so thankful that. I've been given this opportunity to play with great players. Everyone in our lineups is a great player, so it doesn't really matter where you are. You're going to have an opportunity to be successful, and, and uh, hopefully we can, can kind of continue that heading into this second half.
2: Josh, any freshman, regardless of how talented they might be, um, it, at least in my experiences, uh, takes a while to kind of get their feet uh, under him, uh, how long would it say that you and the other freshmen kind of uh, got your bearings straight and 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 kind of figured things out in terms of how much more we have to up our games?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, personally, I think I'm still I'm still struggling to find it at times. Where there's some games where I'll come back in the locker room and look kind of look myself in the mirror and be like, I I, I there's more I can do still that up my game more um i think all of us would say the same thing where like, you've got your feet kind of dipped in the water now but we we got to make a splash now to, to help this team kind of propel into into a team that makes a, the tournament and um, i think i think that's something that we've all we're all taking pride in is is we gotta we gotta kind of step up here and and help the team out as much as we can in, in whatever regards they need us to do it and but it's it's definitely the the pace of play and everything picks up an extreme amount, so to, you got to be ready for it. And every night's different. And that's the exciting thing. So you you can't really prepare for it. It's it's something that's been fun though.
3: Josh, you know, Paul and I both love to watch you guys win, but I, I think – and I'm I'm not speaking for him because I never want to do that. <laughs> but, I'll, <laughs> but I'll tell you, one of the things I enjoy most is that post-game locker room celebration after a win <laughs> because you guys all get into it. Whether you're in the lineup, not in the lineup, everybody's involved in it. How does that happen? Does that just happen
0: naturally? or, or How does it happen? Yeah, I think that's that's the culture that's been made here is everybody – you could go to anyone in this locker room and and be best friends with them like we're all best friends and and that's the thing is is you don't have that where or sometimes in other other organizations a guy gets gets scratched and, and he's not happy so he kind of wants the team not to be as successful so that he can get back in the lineup where here it's it's everybody like you're not in the lineup you're still fired up for a game you're cheering for the boys like that's what something was so special here and and even in Chicago, like both places, especially now that I've been here, it's it's something special because you hear other places where it's not like that, and it kind of shows at that part of the game when everyone's in the locker room at the end celebrating because because it's a team game. It's it's not a who's playing. It's it's all of us. We battle with each other all week, so to get a win like that makes everyone excited. Uh,
2: by the way, don't whatever you do in terms of. Scott not speaking for me the only thing he knows is that as an alum I want you guys winning every single game I don't care if one nothing or ten nothing or six five or whatever that's that's what he knows and, yeah uh, you know uh, you know when I was uh, on campus it was a long time ago but it doesn't matter because uh, this is this is yeah, I root for I I I, there, I don't think I have missed more than like a half a game since this program started six seven years <laughs> ago. So um, that's all he knows. So that's uh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you know. Um, so it, it has this break given everybody a chance to kind of uh, reset themselves, uh, kind of figure out where everybody is and you guys are about halfway through, and and everybody says they don't look, but everybody looks at the pairwise, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's always in the back of your head, and I think this break has been big for us. We had a, we we were we were not the the healthiest team in terms of injuries heading into the break, and and that was kind of big for that to come up with us. I know there were there were games where our entire line was was in the medical room before the game trying to trying to figure out what would be best for us. We wouldn't be able to practice fully because, because of injuries and we're holding guys out. So I think for us all to come back and be healthy is, is the most exciting part for us. And, and that break was huge for us because you get a reset and, and kind of recover, and, and that's, what, that's the most important part of, of the second half of the year is being healthy. So I think that was a big part for, for our team.
3: Paul oh. jumped in there and stole my thunder before I got to ask you this one. But uh, have you had Dom Garcia run through and read the lineups yet? Because I haven't seen that this year. Has he done that, or are the coaches kind of keeping him under wraps?
0: Oh no, it's <laughs> it's not on camera this year. But he he's running around in the locker room before the game in a suit and tie, and and nothing gets you more fired up than that. It's awesome. <laughs>
3: How, how about this does anybody have a better practice helmet than dom and that uh, that gold one or whatever he was wearing the other day i saw him on the ice
0: oh my goodness <laughs> he has a chrome silver helmet on yeah, for practice was. it's hilarious <laughs> and it's like it's it's so funny because guys are always teasing him now but he's he's toe dragging people in practice now and he comes out in gear and he's got a chrome helmet on he looks like a superstar out there and it's the best thing ever
2: uh, Dom's good, Dom's a good guy. We've got oh, the a chance best. To, uh, to 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 speak to him once in a while, and speak to his father once in a while. Good, good, good people. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, and I and, and and I'd rather focus on on other things here. Um, I have become a big Ryan O'Reilly fanboy uh, <laughs> in in this first half of the season. Um, is he blowing people away in practice the way he's doing it on the in, in, in the games?
0: yeah I think I think like Riley is just a freak of an athlete is is the only way to really put it like the guy is absolutely jacked in six three and then is can fly and does it almost effortlessly like that's the scariest part is like when guys are going fast it's like you kind of read off of it. But he's so powerful. When he's going fast, you can't really tell until he just blows by you. And then you're like, all right, yeah, that should have taken a better angle on him. But <laughs> it's 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 fun to watch. He was a guy heading into the season that that all us freshmen watching him in the summer skates were like, oh, my goodness. He is unbelievable. And I played against him in Chicago and when he was in uh, Green Bay, and, and he was good then, but he's taken a huge step, and he's – He's an impressive player and a fun guy to watch on a nightly basis.
3: Oh yeah. Okay, I, I got to ask you before we let you go uh, one more about uh, another freshman because I thought he's been a standout on your blue line. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The big, the big tie, as I call him. Um, yeah. th- maybe we should call him the bow tie or something. But <laughs> no, I'll just stop with the name. <laughs> anyway, uh, he is. Uh, he has really really become a force in his uh first half of his freshman year. Have you seen that too, or did you just think that's the way Ty was gonna
0: be? oh yeah i think i I knew ty w- w- was gonna be was gonna be what he is now when when we were fifteen years old <laughs> he was a, he was an l a king's guy so we got a, we got our battles out when we were younger we hated each other like hated <laughs> yes, each other yes. Yes. and like and it carried on it went into chicago versus usa he's always been just right there right next door to me and we laugh because we're now roommates but he mm-hmm. cross-checked me in the face twice last year i'm like <laughs> i'm like merch what do you do like we're like living together next year this was the time and he just looked at me and started laughing and we both laughed at each other and skid on the ice but he is yeah he's an unbelievable player and I think that's a great pick. That's a steal for, for Philadelphia. Like, he's going yeah, to be... Yeah, i about that. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, neither am I. I'm <laughs> just a Broad Street bully going back there, and he's oh, a bully God. on the oh, ice. Oh, jeez. Yeah,
2: yeah, it kills me to oh.
0: see that logo next to his name. <laughs> oh, I know, but he pounds people, too. He And I think that's one of the biggest things as of late is he's got that confidence back of where he can go kill someone, pretty much. And versus Denver, he... I think both penalties were not penalties, but they gave him penalties, and that's just something that's now been added to his game, where I think you'll see more of him stepping up and and punishing for people for trying to cut to the middle on him. And and then that makes people scared of him, which then gives him confidence when he has the puck because no one wants to go near him. he's, He's a fun player to watch.
3: And not a bad guy to have on your uh, your uh, no. roster as well, right? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I can say for one I'm now happy to be on his side and not
3: against him. <laughs> uh, Josh, uh, we appreciate you taking some time yeah. out. I know you got a busy week with Cornell coming up, so we definitely appreciate that. Uh, I'm in Colorado, but I hope to be there by Sunday night too uh, to see that because I know this is a huge series for you guys. And uh, Just go take it to them, okay?
0: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Josh. Absolutely.
3: That's uh, the freshman at Arizona State, Josh Doan, the Scottsdale native. We appreciate Josh coming on and spending some time with us tonight as we wrap up uh, a week long of World Juniors. If you haven't heard, folks, and you'd be under a rock uh, if you hadn't. Uh, the World Juniors were officially canceled today due to COVID protocol, and uh, we certainly uh, miss not having those, especially over the holidays, uh, but we especially appreciate Josh taking some time out. Uh, Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We are going to be right back, and we will be talking more uh, college hockey. College Hockey Southwest Live. We'll be right back.
2: Really, JR? You think you can still do this? I'm focused. Oh, you're way too old to hit that target from there. i am been- and everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded
1: Alright, still got it Still got it Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu, or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is... College Hockey Southwest Live.
3: All right. Welcome back in hockey fans. Indeed, this is College Hockey Southwest Live presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. The final of four shows this week, um, Paul and I both thought it was going to be quite different. We thought we'd be talking about scores and and great uh, USA wins and um, all of that. Unfortunately, COVID reared its ugly head again and uh, totally uh, upset the apple cart and canceled the entire event, which normally goes until the 5th of, or this year, would have gone to the 5th of January. Uh, Scott Strandy with you, seven uh, eight thousand three 8,357 feet, something like that, 537 feet, something like that above sea level. Paul Hornstein uh, with me from Long Island, New York, at about 10 feet below sea level uh, in his basement on the island. Um, Paul, uh, you know what it's like. Every time we have a guest on, I hear something, you hear something. Uh, every time we listen to Josh Don, though it's so good, uh, it's hard to believe that kid's a freshman.
2: You don't want to talk about the scores? Because there are actually scores.
3: Okay. Uh, we, we can talk some scores in a minute, but tell me okay. about Josh. What did you hear from Josh?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I like – you know, I, I can only I, I see so much as – as somebody who's watched the game for a long time, um, I, I think I see more than most people in terms of what happens on the ice and, 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 and and those kinds of things. Um, but I'll never say that I can break down a game better than a player. You know, uh, Especially if I haven't talked to that player. But you can just hear, um, Josh could probably coach right now. (laughs) Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, And I love that. And I'm listening. I mean, you know, and you can't get a better look than you can really on the ice. I mean, I, I mean, yes, you watch film and yes, you watch, uh, things to preview uh, what you might have to do in the weekend coming up and try to pick up some tendencies but there are just certain things you can't get unless you're out on the ice against some of these guys and he's played against the best and you know he's gotten to see them all either in the same uniform or in another uniform and uh, and, and and he's got it all and and and, and you love to hear that because as a coach, if you have somebody that can break things down like that and sees the game like that, doesn't get any better than that. Especially no, uh, you I, add in that he's one of your team's better players.
3: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's nothing better than having another player tell another player, hey, do this, do that. Because the coach can say it. Sometimes it goes in one ear, out the other. But when your teammate says it, Uh, you tend to listen a little bit more. I mean, I've seen that for years. So uh, I think he's a plus that way. I'll tell you the two things that I took away from it. Um, Number one, he is 100% bought into Sun Devil Hockey. He told me that uh, the first time that he found out they were getting a program, he was bought in. But he is really bought into the threads of uh, Sun Devil Hockey. And you and I both say it. Uh, I don't know if we said it on the show yet or not, but he's going to be a captain sooner rather than later for that, oh, that yeah. Sun Devil team. He's just yeah. built for it. Uh, but, but in addition to being totally bought in, he also understands his, his place. He understands he's a freshman. He understands he's got things to learn. Uh, and he understands that he's going to continue to get better. Um, and all of that. So that's hard to get because sometimes you get guys that come in that, that think, okay, I came from the best program in juniors. Um, I'm just going to walk in and do it. And we've seen them all. <laughs> we've seen plenty of them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't work that way. Uh, so, so I'm glad about that. The other thing that, that I'm so impressed by is the fact that uh, he's such a good talker. People talk about his hockey mind and what he sees on the ice, but he can talk it. And when he tells you, yeah, I'm watching these things and I'm cutting up clips on my computer, I'm going, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. You are so far along, my friend. Uh it is uh it, it it's crazy, but uh, what a great kid and and he's welcome on this show anytime.
2: Well, yeah, I mean it's 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 great to hear and like I said, I just you know, he gives you know he gives a perspective that like I said that we don't have.
3: And that you can't get from coaches or you can't get from broadcasters or or any of that. He he's actually lived it, he, right. and when he can talk about playing with these guys and what they do and and different things, I mean that's why exactly why the wanted to have Mont tonight. And I was hoping we'd be talking about uh, a few more games and a few more games to go, but it is what it is. And we thank Josh for coming on. And now it's time for you to tell us about some scores. Did Michigan uh, play yet?
2: Um. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they've decided they're going to continue. That uh, they uh, uh, they didn't did not since they weren't going to score tomorrow night, they decided to not score tonight either. <laughs> okay. Um, they uh, have played a scoreless tie with uh, Michigan Tech.
3: Oh, goodness. Uh, they probably wish they had canceled that one too.
2: Um, well, I don't. Uh, let's just say that uh, nobody's, buying, uh, do, nobody's buying their I I H F. Act about not playing tomorrow night against Western Michigan. So, um, who be speaking New of Western State tonight, three to one.
3: Yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Uh, uh anything Lowell else Beach going Saint on Lowell. in the world of hockey?
2: Lowell Beach, St. Lawrence. Three to okay.
3: Three. Good.
2: Um, you know, and uh, Providence is playing Wisconsin. They're scoreless too, it seems. So, um, now we're just kind of really going day by day at this point, right? Um, <laughs> we wake up in the morning, see if games are going to be played <laughs> right. and hope they are and go from there. Uh, it sucks. There's no doubt. Um, uh, but you know, life, if life was
3: orderly, it'd be boring. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> we don't want boring. Uh, okay. So, so let me tell you, uh, I don't know if people know this, but, uh, Alaska Fairbanks is in Denver, and uh, I had a chance to do what? Well, yeah, okay, I'll get into that in a minute. I had a chance to visit with uh, the Denver folks yesterday. Today I had a chance to visit with um, (laughs) the Nanooks fans, and and, and really in in the non-player category, there were two people. There were Chris Brown, the associate head coach, and uh, Dylan Blankenship, the director of hockey ops, uh, so they brought me into their visiting locker room at uh, Magnus Arena today because uh, they were anxious to talk. Matter of fact, we went 22 minutes. Uh, so I've got a really good feature coming up with uh, with Chris Brown, who, by the way, Paul uh, coached at uh, Gustavus in, in Minneapolis, just across the river from St. Thomas in the uh, MIAc. Well, that's Sound familiar? Free school, right? Gustavus. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's the league that kicked uh, Saint Thomas out. Yeah, I don't care yep. who they are. That's what I told him. I said, "So you already kicked, you already kicked Saint Thomas out, and now you moved on to Alaska." But uh he was telling me a little bit. He he did some coaching uh for Anchorage a couple of years ago, and then got this opportunity with uh, Eric Largin and at uh, Fairbanks so we had a good discussion I don't want to say too much because it's all on on video which you'll be able to see on Friday Uh, but anyway uh, he was talking about things and I asked him about wildlife experiences and of course the moose story came in there too. another one of his own Um, and, and he was egging me on because he wants me to come up there and do a feature when Arizona State comes up there and he's going like We'll, we'll do all kinds of fun stuff. We'll send you to, to something called Copper Point or something. We'll, we'll put you on a dog sled. <laughs> I'm going, oh, my goodness. He goes, it'll be great video. I'm going, oh, oh yeah, it'll
2: be great video, but <laughs> that's, that's – uh, Anyway. I mean, just make sure you pay off your, you your life insurance before you do that. Though,
3: just Shout out to the Nanooks Nooks for, for all the great support. And I'll tell you again, they're missing eight players currently who are not in Denver and they don't know if they're going to get them in. Their training staff um, is still in Fairbanks, and their their flight was canceled out of Fairbanks today, so they don't know if they're going to get them in. And Eric Largen is staying with the eight guys in Seattle, uh, the head coach, so uh, if he can't get all eight here, then he doesn't get to come here. So it, it's uh, going to be a really interesting uh, time, and uh, if you look at um, Fairbanks' is record, Paul. they are twelve and 0 I think, um, and they're very similar to me to Colorado College. They've played a lot of tough teams on the road. They've uh, played some really close games and um, they played some common opponents with, with the Arizona State. They played Clarkson, they played Cornell, and uh, I think that's really a good look. And, and by the way, Paul, 80% of their roster, I'd say, is not from the United States or Canada.
2: No, well, we kind of talked about that with the coach when uh, we had him on, and you know, hopefully, one day we'll get the coach on again. But um, you know, when you look at their scores, I mean, uh, they're supposed to make up games with Minnesota that got postponed or that got postponed. Yeah, that's that's um, coming up in a couple
3: of weeks. That's the end of know, their three week trip. A,
2: a couple of two one games with Clarkson one to the good and one to the bad. They lose to Omaha in overtime. Uh, they played at Clarkson and uh, you know, one of their games was a four, two loss. And that was, that was close to the end uh, two overtime losses at Cornell. Uh, just, you look at all these you know, playing Duluth to overtime They And I know they lost the first game five, one, but, um, but that game was closer than, than the score. Um, you know, and then they take three out of four from RPI. So, And Uh, that's how
3: they ended the the holiday break was those three out of four.
2: You know, so they're on a roll. Um, I I don't, you know, I I assume they have enough players to play. Should they have to?
3: They do currently, and they have one coach.
2: (laughs) Well, you need one coach, right? I mean, you got to have one, right?
3: Right. You'd like to have more than one, but you do have one.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just more adversity that they have to overcome, but uh, if you think they're going to go away and just say, "Ah, eh, we're missing some guys. We're not going to play," then you're going to—you might not get beat because the talent level might be too great. But um, if you don't come to play, they're going to take you.
3: Yeah, and let me let me tell you this—you know, you and I have broken down the Arizona State schedule quite a bit just because of the fact that. They're independent, and they need to get a certain amount of wins and climb the pairwise. But uh, those four games that they play against Fairbanks are not going to be pushovers. No. (laughs) Not in any stretch of the imagination.
2: No, absolutely not. Uh, And anybody that thinks they will be, uh, they are, unfortunately, for ASU, games you have to win.
3: Yeah, in addition to Boston University and Cornell and uh, Minnesota State. And you just go down the list. I mean, it's a really, really tough road ahead. And it was fun to hear Josh say that he thought the guys now were healthier and uh, really were in a better, better place getting ready to start this Cornell series.
2: Well, uh, let's, you know, the, the, they, they need a streak and they need to get some consistency and, and, and go from there. You know, um, they had a chance to make a nice roll, and it did work out in that Colorado College series. And, you know, you you just there's nothing you can do about it now except learn from the experience and go on.
3: Yeah, and I think no matter how the season ends for Arizona State, uh, the way I look at it right now with the roster they have and the guys they have coming in and the new building, I think next year they are going to be a real force um from the very beginning as an independent because uh I think they'll have extra jump in their step in that new building and I think the talent level and the group that's there right now coming back will have a another level of experience if you will to uh, to take them where they want to go so okay unless you got something else let's wrap it up and uh let's say again uh, uh I don't know what the right word is it, it's it's sad it's unfortunate but uh, the World Junior Championships have, have been canceled for now. As Paul said, uh, maybe there's some rumblings that they'll try to reconvene and do something in the summertime. Uh, yet to be determined on that. But um, so many kids had uh, their dreams shattered. If you can look at only one thing, though, I guess it's that they're all coming home and nobody, it wasn't like one team uh, a la St. Lawrence last year missing the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, and I think that happened in Notre Dame, too.
3: Yeah, fact, Notre Dame too. So, And even Michigan last year. Yeah, well, we're not,
2: we're not going to get into that because, <laughs> um, yeah.
3: Okay. okay, we'll let it go. <laughs>
2: well, we haven't really let it go, but uh, needless to say, we're not the only ones that uh, have raised an eyebrow over oh. that
3: no, no, we're, we're far from that. Yeah. Okay, my friend, take it away.
2: From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask, special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, our three Valley locations, or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile, bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey Fabulous, Las Vegas Atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts, are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts. Or a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network.
3: Very well done, my friend. We'll shout out uh, the head coach at Arizona State, Greg Powers, and of course the uh, SID, Paige Shacklett, for making things happen for us with Josh. And of course, Josh himself for uh, taking some time out and, uh, and spending it with us tonight and giving us some really, really good insight into what it's like to be on one of the premier squads in all of the world. Uh, the the USA uh, program here in uh, the United States of America from Plymouth, Michigan. Um, So we'll say goodnight on that note. I will remind everybody all of our shows will be back on schedule as uh, normal next week as we kick off 2022. Uh, Paul and I will be back on Sunday and Tuesday, Rob and I on Monday, and Stephen and I on Wednesday to help you kickstart 2022 in the second half, if you will, of the college hockey and professional hockey season.